Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and today I was lucky to sit down with Katie Kane. Katie is the Customer Experience and Training Manager at Hills Properties, and last week she attended the NAA Apartmentalized Conference for the third time. Today we're going to hear about some of her biggest takeaways, some areas for improving the experience for both clients as well as technology partners, and some of the biggest things she's excited to bring home to the home office. This is a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right, Katie Kane, you're back on the podcast. How are you feeling after NA last week? Uh, I'm almost recovered. I think I'm almost there. I think we're in a similar boat this week. Um, This was your, I think you said your third NAA? Yes, I haven't gone in a few years. Um, I think 2016, 2017 were the last time I went. So a little bit of a different experience this time. How did this one feel compared to the past ones. We've had cloudiness of COVID, different shapes and sizes based on cities. How did this one kind of stack up? So for me, this NA was completely different because I think I finally like found myself too. So I had the opportunity to kind of really dive into some of the connections that I've made with different vendors and um, other professionals in multifamily. So I think this year was like my year to shine in terms of just like really getting everything I could have out of NAA or apartmentalize. Totally. I, I always call it NA too, even though I know yeah. they're trying to brand it as apartmentalized. They have like 60 some odd events now each year. Well, okay, let's start here. So you are long enough into your career in the industry, more than 10 years in multifamily, but I'd say the last couple of years, you've really built a brand on your own. So Katie Kane is now someone that a lot of people know about, which is good. Um, are you finding any kind of interesting observations of what your relationships with vendor partners or vendor friends looks like now that you've got real deep relationships with senior level members and in, in a lot of these different technology companies? Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of them have done it right in terms of building the right relationship on like a personal level before they pitched a product. Um, but some of them I feel like are almost, they almost took too long. So I find myself trying to do some of the research in terms of who they are, what they can provide, how, you know, they can make my life at Hills or Hills in general better. Um, and I always just kind of struggle a little bit to get to the answer. And so ultimately, like, you know, I, I want them to come to me. I want them to be passionate about their product. Um, I think it's just finding the right balance of like building the, you know, professional relationship with getting to know me as a person and then, you know, really sharing what your product can do. And and do you think that comes from a place of like assumption? Like they assume that you have a great understanding of what they do. And so that when you're interested in a certain area, think digital marketing or CRM, my world, or, you know, operations or like nuanced technology, like the rent gratas of the world that you're going to like raise your hand and like reach out to them. Or where do you think that comes from? I mean, I guess I never thought about it that way. Like they may think that I already know what I need and what I'm looking for. And maybe they think I don't need it right now, but I'll be honest. I don't know what I don't know. And unless you can, you know, sell me your product and it's, you know, what I teach our onsite associates every day is that like, you know, your prospects can do as much research as they want online, but they're never going to see the service that we provide in terms of like what our on-site people bring to the table. And I think that's just as big of a piece as like the actual product itself is the getting to know the people who are going to be, you know, your sounding board for that different technology or service. 
I, I totally agree. Have you met Jude Chi or are you familiar with like the Flamingo app, the pink, mm, the pink app? Not in at Chicago? All. It's, it's one of the few that I don't, that don't have a lot of knowledge on. So I met with him on Friday and did a little sit down interview with him and some of the um, execs from Duello. And one of the things he shared is that he thinks one of the biggest like trends right now in our industry on your side, the operator side, is that certain companies are really like learning how to buy software. They're focusing internally, they're running surveys, they're understanding where their like leaky buckets are, and then they're solving for those. But I think the reality is that so few people have really harnessed this like need-based buying process that I still think there's an education opportunity because you don't know what you don't know. But my guess would be that those vendor friends think you know a lot about their product and that when you're ready or interested in a specific area that they're going to be one of the first ones you call on. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know what they do or really understand what they do, that's a huge miss on both sides. Oh yeah. I feel like I just ran into that and you know, I'm not going to name names or anything, but like, Oh, there was just a really good opportunity. And it was like, you know, just shy of finding out and pitching with this company. And I was like, you know, little just upset that I missed out on it and took so long to figure out what they could have done for us. Totally. I agree. So second like thing, and you brought this up as we were riffing before recording, um, where's the opportunity for like technology providers to help make it easy for people like you to understand what they do? Is that something that you see certain companies doing well? I'd love to kind of chat through this piece with you. So first of all, I'm going to say, um, and we're guilty of saying this too. I feel like right now people are like, we're in a good spot. We don't need this technology. We're sitting at hundred percent occupied. So why would I go and spend the time, money and effort into something when I'm, you know, sitting pretty, but on the other hand of it, it's, you know, why not fix a problem that you don't know is there before it's a problem. And so I think that's where my leadership team is kind of coming to in terms of like, we don't need it now, but the industry is not going to be like this forever. And so if we can make sure that, like you said, we find the leaky bucket and can patch that now and build a wait list and, you know, just kind of be the front of, you know, where technology can go for our industry, that's going to set us up for success in the long run. Having like the good knowledge of the partners that you're pitching in terms of like the size and the market and not trying to compare them to some of the big names out there that you work with. Like, it's great that you landed a huge client, but how does that correlate to what I do as a smaller company? So like apples to apples kind of yeah. positioning. What about like, I mean, you're crazy busy. I can't even imagine what like a day in the life of Katie Kane looks like with the size of your portfolio, the width of your role, customer Oh, and I lost power yesterday. Oh, so. that's good. No, I, I didn't have any, I had to go find a Starbucks and work in a lobby because I, you know, day two back from a huge conference digging out of it and no power. It's great. So uh, that's crazy. I think about teams like yours a lot where you're growing, you're thin, like in terms of, of personnel at the corporate office to like really be thinking about how to make sure that next quarter is better than this quarter. And when you do either you or, you know, your VP of marketing, your head, your head of portfolio management, like the people that are making decisions or informing decisions, 
when you go to research, like for a technology, are you leaning on like Google search or what you know from LinkedIn or what you remember from a conference? Like, how do you look to like whittle down who the top couple companies would be to reach out to? Or is that not even a place that you go in terms of researching? Well, I'm fortunate because I've been able to make the conference circuit this year from Social Media Summit, AIM, and now Apartmentalize. Like, I've gotten to meet a lot of people and just see a lot of people that are out there. I also have a lot of different connections across different markets in the uh, industry. So like my sister is a regional manager out of base at Indianapolis. And, you know, I got different people that I can reach out to, you know, former Hills associates and find out who they're working with, what has worked best for them. But I wouldn't say like, go to Google. I wouldn't say I've never done it, but for the, the big players in the industry, I always like to get a recommendation. So let's pick on a company because I'm a huge fan of them. Let's pick on Reply. I really like Scott. I really like Michael. I really like Corbin. Uh, I like their whole team. I met Javier for the first time in person this past week. Like, do you know what Reply does? Yes. And do you know that because of conversations with them, because of conversations with their customers or their prospects? Do you know that because of their website or their social? Like, help me unpack Reply. So I met Scott at the very first AIM I went to when he was still with G5. And so we built a relationship then. And then I think it just continued over the next course of the few aims that we went into and ran into each other. And it's inevitable for some reason, I think my flights always go through Vegas. No way I end up on the same flight as him home leaving these conferences. Um, so yes, that I, that's one of those pitches that I think I wish I would have got a little sooner. Yeah, that's cool. Because the, the reason I ask is that we're, we fall victim of this too at Rent Dynamics. Sometimes you want to make your positioning sound more sophisticated than it actually needs to be. You want to create like a complicated name for what your solution does, even if it's just a CRM. You want to come mm-hmm. up with this really fancy way to talk about it, which can actually create like customer confusion. And Moshe Crane was like in a, on a like riff about this last week. He was like, why don't more vendors have short, spicy videos all over their social, all over their LinkedIn presence, all over their website to make it really clear in like 90 seconds exactly what you do and exactly what customers should be thinking about. And if they're thinking about it, why they should reach out to you. But I, I just think that's still an opportunity because Scott does not scale. Right, right. And, and not even telling us your story, having your current clients tell us your story. Because I feel like coming from someone that's currently working with you, I mean, it's just that much more impactful. And like my question to you is like, we need to be respectful of you and your mm-hmm. team. You're busy. You get hit from time, every yeah. angle. Like that can't just be a bunch of emails. It can't just be social. It can't just be... Does it have to be kind of the omni-channel approach, like make sure you're present everywhere with the right approach based on medium or what's the right way so that as a consumer, you, you don't hate us? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of people out here there that do this well, where it's like, and I try to be respectful of your time as well, because I know there's just as many of, you know, clients out there that you'd like to make connections with. So I don't want you, if I know I can't work with somebody right then, um, I'll say, Right now, we don't have, or we're working on this project. We've got this on our plate before we can even consider this next step in whatever it may be. We're going to need at least X amount of time. And then they're like, great. Thanks for the information. We'll reach out to you if we don't hear from you by this date. And I'm like, that works perfectly for me. So it's like a mutual understanding of, I, I do want to know more. Now is not the right time. 
or if you do give me this information, it's the furthest thing from the forefront and I'm going to forget it. And so just being able to like understand and be mutually respectful of both people's time and energy and effort into it, I think really is where some of the best partnerships come from. I totally agree. Play the long game. Um, So third like section, thinking back about NAA apartmentalize, I think I saw somewhere between 11 and 12,000 was like the final count of people that came. Mm -hmm. There were north of 90 education sessions. That vendor floor was the biggest expo I've ever seen in our industry. It felt like a small version of like CES, which was awesome. Did you find a balance that worked between like consuming content versus participating in like networking and like more one-on-one or one-to-few type conversations? I appreciated the fact that there were sessions on the floor. Uh, I think there's room for improvement in terms of like them not being on top of each other because there was like, it was a little bit distracting hearing both presenters at the same time. Um, So that made it helpful. So, I mean, I had a lunch scheduled at noon, but a session that went from 11.15 to noon. So I got to sit through the whole session and it just so happened that the booth was, you know, two or three hundred yards away and I could just walk there quickly and make it to my lunch without being late. So it did it did make it nice and easy and convenient. Um, I did take some time to hit some of the more specialized one and the customer experience specifically, um, regardless of where it was. So do I think there's room for more or better content? Absolutely. But that's just me being greedy. So within that, though, like making the content better, I popped into maybe nine or 10 total sessions. Some I sat through the whole time, customer or someone I really want to get their attention of, or like a topic that I was interested in. What I found difficult was like being able to find the sessions that I cared about. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, like I care about this type of speaker or this type of content or the speakers are promising this kind of takeaway. Have you, do you think that's like an opportunity or like an area for improvement? Or is that something that you've already figured out? Like, how do you filter through the noise to find the sessions that Katie cares about the most as a marketer? So before the conference, I, I use every resource that they put out there. So like I was on the app every second that I could, I used the calendar planner so that I could go through each session and find the descriptions that I thought that best fit my needs. And then I added it to my calendar, but this, I did the same thing with the map and the vendors. So you're able to highlight which vendors you wanted to get to. And you pulled up that map and they had it so nicely laid out so that I could figure out where everyone was that I needed to visit. You got to do the work beforehand. You can't get there and just kind of try to wing it. Totally. I, I missed the mark in a big, big way on that piece. I think I should have spent ample time upfront planning. And I also probably should have used my social presence to help other people. Like, Hey, I just did a bunch of research. I think these sessions, if you're a marketer are going to be awesome. These are five vendors that are coming out of nowhere and really doing cool things. And I think next year I'm going to make more of a commitment leading into some of these bigger conferences to like share my perspective of where I'm going to be spending time. And if I'm a customer or a technology provider areas that I think are going to be interesting within our, you know, respective niche or category. And so apartmentalize was different for me because of the whole dynamic leader opportunity, but for all my other conferences, I lay it out so that my leadership team knows that the investment that they're making and sending me to the conference is going to be worth it by mapping out my time of these are the sessions that I plan on attending. These are the vendors that I want to meet with. 
these are the dinners I've scheduled and the events that I'll be at in the evening. So they have an itemized kind of like almost hour by hour outline of what I'm going to be planning on doing, not necessarily because they require it, but because I know it's going to, you know, make opportunities like this more readily available for me in the future. Yeah, that's, I mean, if I were being honest, that's a selfish thing you're doing. That's also like making it a no brainer for your team because mm-hmm. it's showing that they're getting an ROI, but it also make, make sure that next year, you know what your lineup can look like because you're proving a return for Hills and for yourself within your career. I think that's smart. I say selfish positively. Yeah. Oh no, I completely understand everything. Everything I do is self-serving for Hills. Let's talk about Hills. There were three of you, right? Justin, Sarah, and yourself. Correct. How did you divide and conquer or did you? I mean, that's a, that's a lean, lean team for a big conference. I think some of the bigger groups sent north of 30 people. Like how did you guys find yourself dividing and conquering, staying aligned and, and making, you know, worthwhile time of, of the time in San Diego? So the location made it harder for us to send more, which is why we were kind of a smaller group this year. Um, expect to see more from us next year in Atlanta. But what we focused on was really building and strengthening some of the bonds of our newer big clients. So we, you know, we had three hour dinners with these people that are normally, you know, across the country from us. And we sit on Zooms with, you know, regularly, but it's not the same kind of sit down and break bread and, you know, get to know each other. So we used um, a good majority of our time really elaborating and building these strong bonds and just getting to know their process and who we are. And, you know, when I come back with 37,000 edits, it's only because I'm looking for the best product for my prospects out there and making sure they're getting the most accurate information and they understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, it just kind of makes a lot, a lot of things more cohesive. Um, and then when it comes to the expo floor, um, I had my own agenda this year. So I was able to kind of just branch out and you know, get what I needed to get done, um, meet with the vendors that I had. And um, I think Justin and Sarah were able to do the same thing. Um, they had a, kind of a, a, a short list of some of the things that we find we're going to need in the near future based off of our growth and a lot of the construction that we're doing. I think we were able to accomplish almost everything we wanted to while we were there. That's cool. I I don't want to steal any of your thunder or your secret sauce, but are there any companies that sit out to you that you were excited or even maybe surprised to meet with on the on the vendor front last week? Having the dynamic dynamic leadership opportunity really just kind of expanded my horizon with a lot of these different vendors. The conversations that I was able to have and the connections that I was able to give and the feedback I was able to provide for some of these products, even though they may not be someone that we're using right now in terms of like hills, but just being able to, you know, kind of give a little feedback and non-customer customer council board, I think it was just beneficial for everybody. That's cool. I, I do think that the voice of your customers is like critical, but I also think the voice of your like hopeful future or we're never going to win them customers is helpful too. Cause sometimes you're, you're willing to be that much more open, honest, creative, not self-serving. Cause it's not even something you use today and you're thinking mm-hmm. outside of the box or thinking differently. So that's really cool. I think that's time well spent. I had one of, one of the vendors that I met with, I, I love the product. I love the idea. Um, but there's a piece missing and uh, they said they're working on it. I said, okay, talk to me when you get there, when that piece is there, that'll fully encompass what I need for this product to be. And then that's when the conversation can happen. Cause I don't, I also don't want to be a Guinea pig um, because that also puts a lot of pressure on my associates and potentially 
um, pain points for my prospects and residents. It takes a special kind of company and a special kind of person to like being a beta customer for sure. We've done it. We will do it, but it has to be the right opportunity and it has to be the right partnership. A lot Um, of trust falls into that one. I totally agree. That's funny. Well, I think that's all I had in terms of like thinking back to NAA. Are there any questions you have for me? Like I have a different perspective, a different um, spot, you know, in the space, but we're in the same industry. Any, any questions for me looking back or looking forward to the conference circuit? As a, as an attendee, you know, you walk through the expo floor and everyone has their QR code, scan the QR code, fill out the form to win bag or gift card or a Tesla. What does that do for you in terms of the information that you collect and how, how can being more selective with who who I actually give my information to be more beneficial for either me or the vendor. Yeah. So for you, I'd cast a wide net. If you want AirPod, AirPods Pro Max, if you want an iPad Air, <laughs> those are our two giveaways. Make sure you sign up. There is a general, or I should say there is a genuine like, hey, this is a conference. We need to have a draw. People in our booth is a good thing. Hopefully that gives us a 10 second opportunity to see who they work for and what they're interested in. And if there's mutual interest, we'll pull them into a discussion. Like there's definitely like an angle there. Um, but for you casting that wide net, if you want a bag, go find the bag vendors. Like I think that stuff is real. Our marketing team kicked ass and did the, the best job that they've ever done in our experiences as a company. And what we did is we created, and when I say we, it was the marketing team, they created an, an intent matrix. And so we had all of these measurable touch points last year because we participated in three events, one that we led, two that we sponsored. Um, we did a couple offsite, more one-on-one things with a couple customers or prospects. We had one-on-one meetings that were just scheduled with the sales team logged in our CRM, which is Salesforce. And then we had the booth and we had a measurable opportunity to all of those to see who came to what. And so what our marketing team did is they put together this analysis of the over a thousand people that we engaged with last week, face to face, here, all of the different in- intent touch points, you know, this group or this person only came to one thing, low intent. This person came to all seven and they signed up for the giveaway, the QR code, high intent. They came to a party, they did a one-on-one demo and they signed up. And so what we did is we really tried to qualify who are the warmest opportunities that we're not working with that we should have already followed up with and hopefully have a sales call set with. And then who are the like top of funnel? They probably just wanted AirPods Pro. Let's en- enter them into the mix. We're going to announce that this Friday and then probably follow up with them in a couple couple months once their inbox is not a storm, which it is today. And our goal for that was to be thoughtful in our follow-up so that we can hopefully win in the eye of the market, but get more people to follow up with down the road. Build a bench. It's all about building a bench. Totally. And I mean, what a lot of companies do is they, you know, get the signups and they have their sales team pick who are the most important prospects and their sales team ultimately picks. And then there are companies that genuinely like opinion. They put business cards or papers in a little twister. They twist them. And then that's how you get your drone. And so I think everyone has a different flavor with it, but it still feels like it's a real requirement on the vendor front. If you want to win at a conference, you have to have a compelling reason for someone who doesn't know you to at least walk into your booth. Uh, I will also piggyback on that. And again, I don't know if it's because I have met and know so many people, you know, in the industry with it since I would say since October, aim in October, but I also took advantage of some of the different, you know, crazy things that were people had at booths. I mean, you could get oxygen, you can get an IV drip, you could get a massage. Like, but I will tell you 
when I was doing some of those things, I sat there by myself. No one said a word to me. No one pitched me a product. And it is somebody that like, like, I know, I know what they are and who they, you know, how they can help, but I don't believe it yet. So they had 20 minutes of me sitting there where I couldn't go anywhere. And the only information I got was from the other people sitting close by that had somebody kind of, you know, giving information about the product. I got to like eavesdrop. I heard that feedback from a handful of the vendors that were there last week. And I think we have a lot of people in the industry that are in the sales role that don't want to be in sales. And I think that's exactly what that is. Because if you were standing in my booth, you had two people talking to you. And it's because the team that we've built wears sales on their hat. They do it in a good way. I think we've got a, a strong team. But I think we have a lot of people that um, that don't crave human contact with people they don't know. And I think that's a real challenge as you're trying to grow. It's it's comfortable to spend time with people you know. It does take a little bit of gumption to walk up to someone you don't and just put your hand out or put your elbow out and shoot your shot. And I think that dovetails right into your first piece. You've opened up this great line of connection with people. It's time for them to shoot their shot with Katie Kane. And I, I, I was actually dragged halfway across the expo floor to go to this booth because they're like, you have to come see us. You have to come see us. I, okay, let's go. And then I got there and it was like, <laughs> have fun well that's good feedback that's good feedback for anyone listening if someone's in your booth participating in your experience they are there with an open mind and they're open to at least a conversation not necessarily yeah. a sales pitch but oh, they're open to a conversation but at an expo floor like i ex like i know that that's what's going to happen there like i'm never going to hold it against somebody if they try to pitch me their product while i'm sitting in their booth take advantage i call it context like for me you go to a a trade show your guard is down. You're going to meet new people. You're going to learn about new technology. And I think that just becomes part of the like reality when you're at those things. And, and that's, that is a good call to action for, for people listening. I think we can always be better. We can al always be bolder and we can always learn from those kinds of, of um, potentially misses at a, at a conference like this one. And I'll just kind of pull like a whole different kind of aspect to this. There might be people there that it's their first conference and they don't know what to expect. I, I mean, I can go back and think to, you know, my first ones when I was a, you know, first or second year in um, executive like level position. And I just sat behind everyone who had been there forever and figured out, you know, what they were doing. Try to find that person who's just new to the position and help them network. Like, oh, have you been to this booth? Tell them I sent you there. And if they go there and then I bring up, oh, Mike sent me from Rent Dynamics. That's instantly going to create a connection between me and that person. And now that, you know, somewhat timid person coming into a conference for the first time is going to be a little bit more comfortable. And then it's going to create more conversation naturally. Some of my best cold outreach, because I did a lot of my own to compliment our sales team, was to people who I thought this was their first conference to based on looking at past lists and things like that. So I found a list of like 100 people that were part of accounts that I hope to be part of in the next couple of years, reached out and said, based on some like light level research, I think this is your first NAA. Am I right? You know, no, no harm if I'm wrong. Uh, if so, let me know if you'd want to grab a coffee and I'll walk you around the, sh the, the floor and kind of help you understand the who's who and multifamily. I had 10 people bite on that email oh, and it was I time would, well spent for me and for them. I would have jumped all over that coming new into the 
And, you know, I kind of hope that like with the dynamic leader kind of program that we're building, that I could be that for the next round of dynamic leaders that come in. And, you know, maybe it's their first conference that they're going to, and I can kind of help guide them through those expo floors and the different sessions. And there's, it's so, there's so much. I know it's crazy and it's going to keep compounding. I mean, I can't even think Atlanta next year is going to be nutty. I can already feel it. There's going to be a whole meta level to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Hey, any other feedback or thoughts on NAA? It was a great, it was a great show. I feel spoiled to have been able to spend time with you and now social media summit aim and NAA, but any other thoughts on, on the week before we wrap up today? Uh, honestly, um, I just had a, an absolute blast. You know what I did find out? And I think someone else on your team had mentioned this is that I created content and I grabbed as much in it, like, you know, videos as I could for, you know, everyone that I could, I am in like, I didn't get any photos of myself. That's my goal for next year is to not only like, like capture content, but like be a part of the content I'm capturing. The number one person in our industry that owns selfies is Scott Allen. He is so good. And I've always made fun of him or I used to make fun of him. And now I'm like jealous because he gets like 500 pictures of him with people. And if you, if you need a picture of yourself, you should text Scott. I bet he got one with you. <laughs> I know there's selfies out there that, you yeah. know, just happen throughout the day, but it's like, not once did I think to put my phone, like pull my phone out and take a picture with this group or with that event. I didn't, I don't even have one of, with Travis. Like, come on. I know. It's crazy. Well, here we go. Call that a learning and we'll apply it to next year. All right, Katie. Well, as always, thank you for joining. And until next time, hope you have a great week. Thank you. And uh, hopefully see you soon. If, uh, you know, the Midwest Multifamily Conference isn't on your your radar, maybe check it out. We're on it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Chat soon. All right. Bye. Bye.